0: Hello, we are at Momocon 2014, and I am honored to be joined by uh, Sifu Kisu. Uh, Sifu, thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk to
1: me. It's a real pleasure. It's nice to see you again. Uh, so. I'm sure this will be the highlight of your uh, of your entire convention. Absolutely. I, I really um, enjoy um, talking about myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so how are you enjoying Momocon so far? I know the convention just started. But. Um, it's a real treat for me, the, um, the level of um, respect and attention that uh, we get when we're here and um, you know the fans of um, the, um, the global brands that we're associated with are always um, you know enthusiastic and so' it's, it's, it's a really good feeling to be here well good um, for those listening
0: uh, talk a little bit about uh, what it is that you do and how you came to be involved with uh, the avatar cartoon series
1: well I am a teacher of traditional Chinese martial arts and um, that's been my focus over the years I have um, dipped into the entertainment business to do... I've done stunts on different TV shows. I've worked on through the Power Rangers series, um, VR Troopers, the Masked Rider, um, all of the... the uh, I, Sentai? Yeah,
0: uh, um, I think there, there's Sentai, and I think there's another name. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know all the names, thing. but
1: yeah, I, I worked on a, a gang of those shows back in the day, and... Then I was pretty much done with it, and I was um, just teaching a small group of people at my home, and um, one of those people happened to be uh, Brian Koneczko, the uh, co-creator of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: That's, and, uh, that's very interesting. It's really strange.
1: Yeah. I was not looking for a job in the entertainment industry. I was basically done with the entertainment industry. And, um he actually had asked me several times if I would help him with an animated television series that he wanted to do, and I told him I wasn't interested. Several Over the period of three years while he trained with me, I told him I wasn't interested. So how did he eventually wear you down? Well, um, he became well-versed in the basics of the style, um, and we introduced him to the world of Kung Fu. We introduced, he, he met Man, Sifu Manny a few times. and. Um, um really showed me that I, I like people that get it, that people that practice, because it's it's a very small club of people that actually will internalize the martial arts that you teach. We we teach thousands of people. Out of the thousands of people, you may get 50 that that study it hard and you may get 25 that get it and you may get 10 that actually excel at it. So it's a very small club of people. And uh Brian Kennesco excelled at it. He was he was very good. He's a really sharp mind. He's a he's a brilliant kid, and he ended up showing me some storyboards that he had some ideas for the pencil test for Avatar, and um, I had always in the day had aspirations, you know, earlier in my life of being involved in different, you know, I wanted to do TV shows, I wanted to do movies, and was I didn't know the language of the industry, and so I was never taken seriously. Sure, and um, so Brian. So when he showed me these storyboards, it was exactly what I would have done if I had his talent and his knowledge of the industry and so he sucked me right in with it.
0: Um, what was the learning curve like for you uh, getting involved with the show? Did you have to learn a lot about the industry after the fact or well, was, was he sort of
1: uh, Brian bought me as a gift the um the anim- the animaker the animators survival guide it's this is big thick book okay. so he wanted me to understand the animation process and so on. but beyond that um it apparently i had a natural talent for it. uh i had always had these fantasies about kung fu and kung fu movies and magic and um when he started to tell me about these bendings um I said, why don't we, assume? because, you know, the five element theory, which uh-huh. they use four elements, the five element theory permeates Chinese martial arts. And I said, you know, there's, there's different essences of fire and water and the combinations of fire and water or essences of yin and yang, uh, essences of light and dark and, and all this. And I said, why don't we um, match some traditional systems to the various elements, you know, so, you know, I thought Hungar would immediately fit earthbending because of its, you know, its strong association with being grounded and being firm and being strong and uprooting and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we'd, we'd have a script that would call for X amount, you know, the, the Aang will move a bucket of water across the room. And I could just come up with a move from our traditional um, cornucopia, as it were, uh, that's
0: that's fantastic. I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to... I cheated. I, I lied and I cheated. My that's, that's okay. <laughs> no, I was, I was trying to think of a way to sort of get at the idea of the process behind pulling a, a move from you know the martial arts that you've studied and assigning it to these
1: It was really to easy because, for instance, Bagua are these very airy, kind of tornado-like movements, uh-huh. right? and the, the hungar is very solid and grounded, you know, the beating down with the earth and all that so the Really? Uh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, shush. Sure. <laughs> the, the Tai Chi is very related to to water, you know, and, and they had this whole science of water bending, I was like, oh man, I got you covered on these, right? And, right. And it was really interesting to do the moves and then watch the animators Add these elemental essences because actually in Chinese martial arts, correct me if I'm wrong, Manuel, there are elemental essences in every style, in every style associated to every move. You know, because you've got you've got earth, air, water, fire, and in the traditional sense, wood, which are related to. Um, you have five hollow organs and five visceral organs that are related to those elements, and then you have de- your health can depend on. Um, uh, how much fire or how much water that you have associated with a particular element which is associated with a particular line of energy that runs through your body. And so it's it all fits together in a really uncanny way. And so this particular intellectual property was ripe for that sort of thing. and we did some um, we did some things that had never been done before in, in terms of animation, in terms of entertainment we we took it to a whole nother level. It did really good work. Mm-hmm
0: it's really it's amazing thank you uh, i i sorry I, i'm just it, it's so neat to me uh, just that like you said how uncanny it was that um the whole process came together as far as you know the, the martial the kung fu being a natural fit in those various styles uh, for that concept it's it's it's, you know, you know, it's really funny
1: that. too and i've heard this over and over with different entertainment people and i don't consider myself Successful on any level, except for <laughs> except for the fact that I've touched the lives of an entire generation of people and influenced them in terms of that they can do anything. Right. That you can you can take you can t- you can learn the basics of any system and then apply yourself to that, and you can you can rise into that system and do anything. Which I think is the idea we got across. But um I've heard this over and over in the entertainment industry that people, right when they gave up on entertainment right when they were just getting ready to go home, right when they were done with Hollywood or whatever, that something came along and gave them a vehicle to carry forth their talent or their, their focus or their ambition. And that's exactly what happened for me.
0: Um, tell me a little bit about what led you to the martial arts. What, what drew you in?
1: Uh, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri and uh, got my little skinny ass kicked every day on the way to school. <laughs> that's good reason. Yep and um, my, my uncles um, and my dad were involved in martial arts and um, you know mostly everyone was away uh, at, in the Vietnam War when I was growing up and so I was raised around the ladies and um, it was, you know it was a gentle child, stayed to myself and it was getting my butt kicked and so um, my grandma sent me to um, a family friend um, in St. Louis, a karate guy, Robert Garnell. and uh, I studied the Shore and Roo style of um, Traditional Japanese martial arts, and that was my, my first exposure, except for you know learning little judo moves from my uncles and whatnot.
0: Okay, um, well, you've obviously learned other styles since then. Um, yes. Was, it, was there was it was it one of those things of, oh, I've learned this. I want to learn more. And you just found what was available, or was there something in particular? That's out?
1: where it started. It's, there wasn't much available in uh, St. Louis, Missouri yeah, at sure, the time. There you know, sure. was a very mm-hmm. limited scope in terms of you. There was a few judo schools and some karate and you know, a lot of wrestling. Um, I went and did boxing for a little while, but I just didn't have the hang of that. And it was just constantly getting punched in the face, so that didn't work for me. Right. Um, and I did that until uh, my teens. where uh, I went to live with an aunt and uncle. My uncle was in the military. And they had a taekwondo school um, on the air force base, and uh, so I started in taekwondo and um, learned that for a few years, and then uh, joined the military. And I went off to the military, and strangely enough, um, at the special forces uh, school that I went to, the um, the self defense style they were teaching was the exact one I learned as a teenager. And so I fell really deeply into that. And then um, when I left the military and I came to LA, I met my current teacher I've been with for almost 37 years and in the northern Shaolin system and um, he's been my my father my teacher my nemesis my uh, friend um, and it's uh, changed my life the, the, what what I learned from him um, in essence turned me into um, a new person into a, a superhuman um. Tell me a little bit about what that
0: process was like for you as far as um, just the things you learned, how that helped you in life,
1: um, you know, outside of just learning to defend yourself. We all come to martial arts. Just learning to defend ourselves. That's all we want to do is we just want to keep somebody off of us. You know, we just we we don't want we don't want to be victimized. We just you know want want really seeking peace. But what happens to a lot of people is they get the power and then they turn around and they do the same thing that was done to them. You know, you see a lot of that in this modern MMA. Sure. You've got these people running around like loaded guns with no temperance. Um, you know, it, and that's not what martial arts is. Martial art. What I found out from my experience, martial art introduces you to um, internal and esoteric principles that you wouldn't normally come in contact with. And it's actually a trick. It actually leads you into being a spiritualist. It actually leads you into to being a healer. And so what I got from it was once I learned how to defend myself and calm down, that I was never a mean person, so I didn't need to hit back. And then my teacher told me that martial arts is not about beating someone to death. Martial arts... Is about learning to control your opponent's movements, right? More importantly, learning to control your own movements. You start from simple to complicated, and you you know first you can't you barely stand up. You cr- increase your mobility and flexibility, and then you increase your strength and your durability, and um and then you um you go into self studies and uh, self reflection and, and and introspection, and um. I guess the biggest thing I got from martial arts is I learned to own myself. I learned to, um, um, you know, a lot of us, we have our most ideal self in our own mind, then we have who we re- really are. Sure. And most of us don't live up to who our ideal self is, and so we have all this shame and we have all these compartmentalizations of self. And the true essence of martial arts is to realize self, to. to to actually take yourself out in the cold light of reality and look at yourself and hold yourself up to the light and and see where you're not so polished to see where you got some cracks and, and 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 then be okay with who you are and then you know realize your ideal self you know you don't and stop being ashamed of who you're not and just you know and attain your best and most golden self if, if that makes any sense that that does it sounds see I, it's it's very compelling to me because
0: I think I can rel- relate and I'm sure others can as well um, to that idea that you mentioned of sort of um, the, the conflict of not living up to mm. the ideal self um, mm. How difficult was that process for
1: you? It was really difficult and you know coming up having all sorts of childhood traumas and you know neglect and abuse and all that stuff and you, you go back something I found out is that as we participate in conflict, Um, The model of conflict is you're either um, a victim, a savior, or a persecutor. And as if you and I would sit here and argue, we each one of us would assume those same roles. And in your internal conflicts, you do that as well. You realize that you had some trauma. And you go, wow, how could they do that to me? When I was only blah, blah, I'm going to get them back. And how could they do that to me? And you go through this cycle, and you never heal. You keep going back and forth and reliving the event and reliving the trauma and reliving the anger and reliving the, the rage. You know what I mean? And you never break out of it. And... oh. Uh, My teacher, really my father teacher, my my friend, showed me. He said, everything that ever happened to you in your life was nothing but love from the universe. And that took me out of that whole cycle of conflict. And I just realized that everything that ever happened, all the trauma, all the abuse, all the good times were added up to create who I am right now. Right? That if I hadn't had that trauma and that abuse, I might be some asshole bully now, nah, you know, because like, I, I don't have a problem kicking the crap out of anybody that would attack me. But I temper myself. I, I would never be abusive to someone that couldn't defend herself. I would never actively seek conflict against someone for, you know, unless there was a, a just cause. And then again, you know, just very incisive and ended very quickly if, if that were going to be the case.
0: See, I, I, I think that speaks to part of your character because I think speaking from my own experience, it would be very difficult um, to accept that idea. Um, it's a rough one. You know it's a rough uh, uh, just speaking in my own experiences with you know abuse and things like that, it's, yeah. it's very difficult to uh, try and accept that as you know, this idea that you know it's 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 intended to make you who you are. Um, especially when you are in that cycle yeah. of um, trying to become this idealized version of yourself that you have in your mind, and you're not obtaining it, and you don't like yourself. So but
1: you could just be, this is the other part I learned, you can just be cool with who you are. Yeah. You're not that golden, iconic, top figure, but you can work at it, and you can polish the rough parts as you go up. You're, you're never going to be Superman. Sure, but you could be okay with just being regular man. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I I just think it's very interesting because I think it's for a lot of people and and for and speaking for myself, I think it can be difficult to let go of that idea. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, letting go of that idea and working on the reality, I think are. It's, it's it's two different processes, but they're related. You can't really do one without the other.
1: There's a beautiful Buddhist precept that goes, be aware and then let go. Be aware and then let go. And, and drop the cycle of just being in the moment, being in the now. It's For most of my life, I could never enjoy the now because I was too regretful of the past and too worried about the future. Right? Does that make sense? And now I can actually sit here with you and totally be cool with myself and be cool with you. Not worry about what you think about me. Not worry about how I look. Right? Not worry about the future. And, and just be okay. For instance, tomorrow, if I found myself living in an alley behind a dumpster, and that was my lot, I'd be okay with that. Right? Because all that's temporary. That's, that would be my lot at that moment. And, and my choices that led me to that point would, would be my choices. And I would be okay with that if that was my lot. Does that make sense? Certainly. And I would live in that moment and just... I'm For the first time in my life, I'm being happy. R- really the first time in my life I'm able to be happy because I've been able to be aware and let go. I, I'm just curious. How long did it take you to get to that point? I'm 55 years old. I just got it. Okay, perfect. And then I, Okay. <laughs> then I, I, I'm doing okay then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it, it takes a while. I had... I had many mentors that come to my life. Some really heavy people that taught me some really deep stuff. And um, one of my mentors told me, he said, you could tell somebody the secrets to the universe. And if you tell them at the wrong time, they're just not going to get it. So you've got to be in the right place at the right time to hear the right lesson and to receive that lesson. So it's... Me sitting here talking to you and you'll go back and you'll look at this transcript and you'll think about some of the things I'm saying that are very foreign concept. And i maybe I'm planting the seeds that will help you heal yourself and attain your next golden self.
0: Yeah. I I, I feel, I feel a little bit bad for our listeners because I feel like I'm the one that's gained the most out of this interview right
1: now. I I feel like I'm learning a lot from you just listening to you talk about these concepts. It's just my, it's my pleasure just to be able to speak about it and, I'm actually speaking to you in a way about it that I've never spoken about it before, because I'm having a golden moment right now in the realization of being able to pull these words together from all I experience and share that with you.
0: So. Well, I certainly do appreciate that. Um, I'm going to pull us out of sort of the, the series up <laughs> for a moment. Um, what are some of your interests outside of martial arts and, and you know sort of the... I don't want to call it work because it's something you're passionate about and it's something that you, you very obviously enjoy but uh, some of the things that you're more well well most of the time maybe I don't know um, but, but some of the things that you do that you're more well known for what, what are some of the other things that you like to do hookers and blow awesome
1: my kind of guy <laughs> let's go interview's <Airbnb's> over <laughs> no I'm, please I'm just kidding don't, no. don't take me seriously I, I just watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street last night uh-huh. <laughs> it stuck with me I have to say that for my, my crazy friends sitting over here. No, my interest outside of martial arts, um, um, wow. I um, um, Martial arts is my life. I eat, sleep, and breathe martial arts. That's, that's what I do. And so all my associations, all my friends are all... Part of martial arts. It's, you know, the young man sitting here is someone that, that I know from some social media that we both have martial arts as a as a common love. And you know, my, my friend over here, um, Sifu uh, Middle Finger, uh, <laughs> is um, you know we we're, we're old martial art friends. We we met what 25 years ago, and just a chance meeting when he was on his way back from Thailand. Uh, Th- I mean, Th- Taiwan. Same thing. Uh, Learning <laughs> uh, martial arts. <laughs> and, um, and and uh, please see racist stuff. No, uh, no, keep it. People will learn from this. Um, so that that's my main focus. Um, I've been um, um, focused on doing my own television show recently. That seafood man was going to come and work with us on. We're going to bring seafood Gary Mitchell out to work with us to do some stuff. Um, something we call Legends of a Sword Society, which is. Um, the story of a, a young swordsman who um, wants to be a pacifist, but he's the son of the chief of a sword clan. So that makes for major conflict. And and it's a time of war. And so we, it's some real fun fodder for, you know, cutting people up or, you know, actually they're going to be fighting. I can't tell you the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's going to be some really cool stuff. We're actually going to showcase um, a teaser trailer from it. Um, here I was gonna they were gonna do a what's next for Sifu Kisu panel or something. Okay. And um, we decided not to air that because I was uncomfortable with some of the geometries and, and some of the um, interactions of the three D characters <laughs> that we're using. But that's been that's taken up the last year of my life. So I don't really have a life beyond that right now. okay. Yeah.
0: Um, any estimation of, of when we might be able to actually watch that first?
1: We are going to probably drop the, the the teaser sizzle at this year's uh, San Diego Comic Con. Fantastic! Which we want you to come and sit on a panel with us at San Diego Comic Con. Always yeah.
0: So, so you guys heard it here first.
1: The yes. teaser for a teaser. But. Yeah. this is a Momocon exclusive. I'm glad to share. It. Um, Momocon is. Um, Probably the fastest growing, coolest uh, anime and gaming convention in the United States right now.
0: And it's run by fantastic people.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We, uh, the, um, the, um, Chris Decky, uh, yeah. um, the co chair, uh, sent us a wonderful letter last year thanking us for, uh, our participation and saying that the attendance went up by 5,000 people because of our attendance last year. We were just thrilled to hear that because, um, you know, we were tickled by all the fans. Like, they brought us into, um, the, um, the fan panel with Steve Blum last year, yeah. who's a great guy, voice actor, uh, you know, voice all my favorite characters ever, Oman, uh, Spike Spiegel, uh, Mugen, you know, and um, we walked into a room, you know, out of the, you know, we came to the, the, the back kitchens here, and um, the lights were on, and we couldn't even see, but we were in a room with 3,500 screaming fans, and we were like, oh my God.
0: That's fantastic. And,
1: um, well, we've we've taken up quite a bit of your time. You've oh, okay. very
0: gracious with us. But before we let you go, um, some of okay. the charities that you work with.
1: Um, we are big fans and supporters of the uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital um, and their efforts at uh, helping um, young people that need medical assistance and that have various disabilities. Uh, we're we're staunch supporters of that, and we we've done um, you know martial art demos and appearances. Um, you know, uh, on behalf of uh, Saint Jude's Children's Hospital.
0: Well, see if we can It's been an immense pleasure. I feel like I've learned so much from you, and and very grateful for your time. Thank, Thank you. you,
1: brother. It's it's a pleasure to um you know, uh, you know, be taken seriously enough to uh, people want to hear what I have to say. Thank you very much. You're welcome.